And I just want to just dive into Proverbs 11.25. And I want to just look at, look at this passage and then give us what I feel like God's way of refreshment really looks like in our life. And Solomon, he says this. He says, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes who? Others. Let's, let's, let's catch this for a moment. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. The Passion Translation, it says this, those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them. And the one who pours out his life to pour out blessings will be saturated with favor. We all want that this morning, but that way of living is so countercultural that it's not just our natural way of thought. That when we refresh others, we too will be refreshed. Shannon and I were driving home yesterday. We were just kind of talking about their trip. I said, one of the coolest things to me was seeing you guys come off that tram as you, you got off the, the airplane and made your way there to the terminal. There was just this indescribable joy that the team had. Is, and I don't know if it was the feeling of the fulfillment they had on the trip or just knowing they were going to get to sleep in their own bed that night. But man, it was all of that. And, and I told her, I said, it was, it was just so cool to see how fulfilled you were at, at, at taking a week out of your routine, out of your convenience, and, and getting uncomfortable, and going and doing something for somebody else, and loving on people unconditionally. There's just something that I could sense in them was so rewarding about that trip. It's almost indescribable. For those of you that have been on a trip like that or, or, or week in and week out, you, you, you meet on Saturday mornings and you bless people at the pantry. You find ways to serve. You know there's just something contagious about blessing somebody else. And that's what Solomon says. Those who refresh others will be refreshed. And I just want to give us this morning three simple thoughts that I think would challenge us to live life outside our comfort zone. I, I, I honestly, I feel like summertime is one of those times where we have a tendency to become self-absorbed, a little me-focused. May, and maybe it's just our family. But I feel like we're so busy planning out our trips, our plans, our things that we're going to do. And we, we kind of get lost in, in me world. And I just want to challenge us maybe to step outside of our comfort zone a little bit and and live a life that God wants to fill up and be refreshed. Number one is this. If we want to live a refreshed life, it begins. It begins with a selfless spirit. It begins with a selfless spirit. And can we just be real for a moment? We all, we all have a tendency towards selfishness. We all right now in this room, we're a little bit uncomfortable I think this is a great message for today because it's warm in the room and there's a feeling you have that's like, Pastor, could just make sure you only preach for 15 minutes because it's real hot right now, right? Let's get our kids and get in the AC in the car. It, it, it's warm. We all have a bent towards making ourselves feel good, doing what is convenient for us. It was several months ago, I got a call from my mom and she said, Wes, your dad needs help. His batteries." It has died. I need you to, to go help him. Well, it was interesting that my mom called me. My dad didn't reach out. I think the situation had him really frustrated and he figured out he was just going to fix this thing on his own. 
My dad was in Tampa right there on Martin Luther King, close to where the fairgrounds were. He had had a meeting with some pastors that day in an office complex there in that area. He left the meeting, got back into his car. He's going to head over to Pinellas County. But before he did, he said he decided that he was just going to open his laptop and take care of something real quick. We turned the car on enough so that he could roll down his windows. It was a beautiful day in the fall. And uh, the breeze kind of blowing through the vehicle. That one thing he wanted to take care of turned into an hour and a half of work right there in that parking lot. Well, my dad made a small mistake. He forgot to take the keys out of the, out of the ignition. He went to go start the car as he was going to head out. And sure enough, my dad's battery was dead. And I think he was, it was just embarrassment and frustration all in one. Like, how did I do this to myself? Well, he didn't call me, decided he was going to go and see if he could find some people. Went and, there wasn't too many people around, but the first guy, he was too busy to, to help him out. The second place he went was this small little breakfast lunch shop. And when he walked to the door, they just had closed. He's, he watched the girl taking the key out of the door. <laughs> he went and banged on the door, but they refused to look like he, he did not even exist on the other side of that glass door. So, so frustrated. He finally went and found the third guy. And at this point, he was just desperate. He went and found a guy and said, hey, I'll, I'll give you 20 bucks. Is there any way you come help me? The guy refused the $20. He was too busy to help. I'm like, what in the world, man? I mean, I would have taken, Dad, I'll take your 20. Come on, I'll help you out. By the time that, that I made it to my dad, my dad was just like up to here. Like, I can't believe the nature of people. But the truth is, we're all like that. We all have a bent toward selfishness. And it's hard for God to fill us up and to live the full life that God has for us when our life is so consumed with me. You know, the truth is you can look at people in your life and some of the most miserable people are the people that are so self-consumed. I mean, you don't have to think of any names or, or do any elbowing right now, but the truth is, is, is that oftentimes the people that are chasing stuff for themselves are the people that find themselves so miserable. Paul says this in Philippians chapter two, though, he says this, don't be selfish. Don't live to make a good impression on others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourself. I was reminded of a message that Martin Luther King Jr. shared. He, he was talking about the Good Samaritan. And he, and he said this, is that we all, we have this tendency towards convenience, a heart toward convenience, or a heart toward compassion. Convenience or compassion. A heart of convenience asks this question. If I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? But a heart of compassion asks this question. If I stop to ask this man, what will happen to him? And if I don't stop to, to help, what will happen to them? You see the difference. One heart is, is consumed with, well, if I give, then how is it going to affect me? But, but, it, but if I give, or if I don't give, how's it going to affect them? God, give us a heart that longs to love and help people, to see people through your eyes. The second thing this morning is this, is that God fills a life that is poured out. God fills a life that is poured out. And I just want to take us back for a second. It's one of my favorite 
Old Testament, Old Testament passages. Greatest, one, of, one of the greatest stories in all the Bible. But in case this is brand new to you, Genesis chapter 24, there's a story about an amazing man named Abraham who God calls out to be the father of a great nation. He tells Abraham, Abraham, look to the stars in the sky. Count the stars, so shall your descendants be. I'm going to do a great thing. That's the nation we know as Israel today. The, the crazy thing, though, is that Abraham wasn't able, and his wife Sarah wasn't able to have kids. So it wasn't until she was 90 years old that Sarah gave birth to Isaac. Well, Isaac came along, and about the time he was 40 years old, Abraham started wondering, how's this thing all going to work because my son doesn't have a wife? And it's going to be hard for him to have some children. So we need to figure this thing out. And as Abraham did so many times, he kind of took a situation into his own hand and he, he got his servant Eliezer. He said, I need you to go find a wife for my son, which is kind of crazy, right? Because I mean, here this guy was serving Abraham and I'm sure he had done a lot of things to make the family work and happen. But this was a huge responsibility. And this was way before e-harmony, everybody. I mean, there was no Christian mingle. I mean, he just had to find the right one. The Bible says in Genesis 24, I, I'd encourage you, man, go read this story. I'm just giving you a little bite size, uh, just, just a little moment in this passage. But it says that he went to the spring and these daughters were coming out to fetch water. And he saw who he believed was the one that God was calling and was going to be the wife of Isaac. And it says this, look with me in verse 17. It says, the servant ran to meet her and said, please give me a drink of water from your jar. She said, drink, sir, and quickly lowered her jar from her shoulder and held it while he drank. When he had finished, she said, I will also bring water for your, and this next word is the powerful word in the story, for your camels. If it had said cats, that would have been no big deal. If it had said kids, that would have been no problem. But she said, I will bring waters for your camels and let them have all they want. The decision she made there that day was sacrificial. What was amazing was right before she did that, Eliezer prayed and he said, God, I will know. Here's how I'll know the fleece that, that she's the one is that when I ask for a drink, she will not only offer me a drink of water too, but she'll offer water for my camels as well. Think about it, everybody. 10 camels at 20 gallons each. She offered 200 gallons of water. I don't know much about Rebecca, everybody, but I know she had some biceps. All right. I mean, listen, she, she was strong. And she made a decision that day to inconvenience herself and to get out of her comfort zone and do something great for somebody she didn't even know. What she did that day was pour water for some camels. But everybody catch this. What she actually did that day was she poured water into her destiny. Understand this. While she was doing something that felt small and insignificant, it was the paving the way for her to step into the, the very plan of God for her life. 
Can I encourage you? I don't know if it's pouring water for camels or if it's doing something insignificant like love your neighbor. But man, even the insignificant things in our life that we do to pour out, God in turn pours back into us. And that's the best way to be refreshed. Can somebody say amen? Amen. I want to live that kind of life. And I know this. It cuts against everything that our society says is the way to be great and live a full life. But man, if we'll follow God's pattern and his way, man, there'll be so much joy in it. Number three, we'll wrap up with this thought this morning. Is that when we refresh others, Jesus is revealed in us. When we refresh others, Jesus is revealed in us. I love this thought that Jesus shares in Matthew 25. It's the parable of the, the sheep and goats where God reminds us that, that when we love people who are hurting, people broken, we're not just loving them, but we're loving him. He says that the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. You did it for me. Can I tell you this morning? That, that changes everything. Because if I'm being real, there's moments where in my selfishness, I don't want to go out of my way to love people. I don't want to inconvenience myself. I've got too much going on. I've, I've, too much, I've too much energy trying to manage me. Can I just be real? It's hard to, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a messed up guy. I spend so much energy trying to manage me that sometimes I forget about the reason that God created me was not for me. It was to love people, to love my wife. Wes, if you could just get over yourself, you could see the reason you were created. Some of us, that's the way we live. So self-absorbed and consumed that we forget why God even has us where we're at. I was thinking about what we're doing in, in, in Catalina and man, just what we're doing at the food pantry, what we're doing at Out of Zion and caring for kids and families with, with special needs who are hurting and going through some of the most broken seasons of their life. I thought about last year when we started this opportunity to minister in the DR. And man, I'm excited because I think that's going to expand to other countries in the next years. But can I, can I be real for a moment? I struggled when I thought about doing a sponsorship Sunday. We had never done one like that before. And, and honestly, Jen and I had never taken a step out to, to sponsor a child like we, we did last year. And one of the reasons that it was such a tension for me is that I have been to so many Christian concerts that I've had such a blast. And if you've been to a Christian concert, you know one of the things they do so often is right in the middle of the show, they take a big intermission and they do child sponsorship. And I know I'm your pastor and you put me on this big high pedestal, but can I just step down off the pedestal for a minute and just say that there's a lot of times that I've been in those concerts and thought, man, could we just get on with the show? <laughs> like, 
just leave them in the back table. We'll stop by if we feel God leading us to. But man, we're taking an awful amount of time and I feel like guilt and pressure right now and I just don't want to. Because if I feel pressured into something, I don't feel like it's a God thing. I just feel I don't want to do it. That's just me being real with you. And so I struggle with it. But I felt like after going to the DR that we had an opportunity to make a long-term investment in a community. And I had a moment where Jen sent me a picture with her arm around the girl that over the last year we've been sponsoring. And man, my eyes welled up with tears and I thought, thank you, Jesus, that you've given us an opportunity to make a difference. Because I don't know how her life's gonna be different, but I know her life's gonna be different because we're loving and caring about this community. And can I tell you, I don't know if you take a trip overseas or you take a trip to the Christian Brothers Automotive to feed people on Saturday morning, or you take a trip across your street to love your neighbor. But I believe this, no matter what we do, Jesus is revealed in us. Listen, if you're parking cars on Sunday morning or if you're wiping diapers in that nursery, let me tell you, Jesus is being revealed in you. And I just want to thank you so much for what you do. We do. We love you. Let me just hit one more pause and let me challenge you. That if if you haven't, if you haven't got your hands dirty in the kingdom of God, It's time to step in and experience part of what God created you to do in the local church, in outreach. And if this is in your church home, find one that you can believe in and sink your teeth into it and get your hands dirty and do something great for God. Because I'm telling you, that is the best place of refreshment. Man, find your pace and find your rhythm, but do something for God's kingdom. Because I believe this principle is true. When we refresh others, Jesus is revealed in us. I love what 1 John 4, 12, and we'll wrap it up with this. John says, no one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us. And his love is brought to full expression in us. You know my heart for our church, especially as we step out of out of summer into this fall season, people coming back, opportunity to reach out and love people. Let's be a church that's known for how we love each other and love our community. You know what I'm saying? Let's be that church. Let's make serve day every day. Let's just do our part to love people and care about people. You know what? Let's start inside our home. Let me just challenge you real quick. I know I'm kind of on a soapbox right now, but let me just take one more opportunity to say this. Is it starts inside the four walls of our house, the way we love our spouses, the way we love our kids. God, help us to be selfless. Help us to lay our life down for the people we love the most. And watch it change the culture of our home and the culture of our church. Do you believe that this morning? Somebody say amen. Amen. Watch you bow your heads and let's pray together.